0: This one got to me. I can usually tolerate him for a while, and he was already on my
1: nerves.
0: (laughs) Scott attempts to rush T Bob, who complains that his feet are hurting. Holy cow! Does it have a Rotec hiding in it or something? Is it causing that type of pain?
1: He can really blast his way around when he needs it, but when it comes to trying to shoot one of the mask vehicles, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Mask
0: cast. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000. 80s Guru Skills Critical. Wyatt Bloom, Broadcast Technician, DJ, Critic, Mask Movie Co Writer, Vehicle Codename Phoenix, 80s Analysis Vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike
1: Command. Welcome, Agents of Mask, to Maskcast 63, which continues Season 5 in our quest to review episodes 41 to 50 of the Mobile Armored Straight Command animated series. On this podcast, we will examine episode 48, Quest of the Canyon, which includes our usual play-by-play commentary, along with audio clips mixed in from the actual episode. At the dramatic halfway point and at the finale of the episode, we'll state our opinions and rate using our 1-5 to scale system. After we've completed our review, we'll read back listener comments as well as the results of our online poll. If you are new to the show, just visit our website at agentsofmass.com and look for the MassCast assignment in the right-hand column to vote and leave a comment review. Quest of the Canyon was originally broadcast on December 4th. 1985 in the United States and follows Mask to Carlsbad Caverns, where Venom plans to find and steal the lost treasure of legendary gunman Jesse James. I'm Jason, one of your hosts of Mask Cast, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and fellow co host, the Hudson Rourke, to my Lord Matrix. Ordinary man? Ordinary machine? Think again! They're more than what they seem, they're part of the Vortech team! Ordinary citizen Rick Rhodes power converts his sonic stinger into a sleek stealth fighter. And aboard his Thunderwing fighter, heroic Hudson Rourke leads the Vortec undercover conversion squad. Watch as the Thunderwing instantly becomes a hard-charging ground tracker. So when madman Damien Rourke's 4x4 reveals a weapon on water, the Vortec team takes him down. And what they seem, the Vortec team! People come with figuratively sold separately. Have I knocked you off with these names?
0: They sound so familiar, and I just can't quite place them. Is this... um... Oh man, I can't think of the name of that show now. Um,
1: very obscure, and very much a knockoff of masks.
0: Is it this... uh... man, I can't think of the stupid name. I think... is it where the cars had? One of the cars had an arm on the top of it.
1: Are you thinking a... uh, Jason the Wheel of Warriors? Yes. No, this is not Jason the Wheel of Warriors. Oh. This is uh, Vortec, which was a 1996 knockoff of Mask. And it ran for only one season and had a short tour line uh, produced also by Kenner.
0: I don't remember this.
1: I to tell you the truth, I don't remember watching it at all either. Um,
0: is it our, the one with the shield?
1: Did it's I got have to, like a. Um,
0: have to look I this up. I, now.
1: Yeah, just look up Vortech. There is a logo out there. They're known as the Undercover Conversion Squad, and in 1996, they, I think it was Fox and Universal released this, uh, aired on what they called their Power Block on ABC. And uh, very short-lived. Several of these... If you go over to our friend uh, Albert Pineo's website and you look over in the left column there, he's got a tab for Vortech. And if you look at the toy line for the first uh, series, there's a lot of similarities with Mask. It basically the the premise of the show was uh, they were like this squad of uh, secret agents led by this Hudson Rourke and their mission was to stop Lord Matrix who was his older brother and his evil biomex from infecting the world with a techno infectious plague in their battle with the biomex vortech agents use special computer systems with vor technology that uh, imbued them with in uh, their vehicles with special powers, and then similar to mask, the uh, Vortech agents also had masks and transforming vehicles. So uh, that was a little bit from uh, his website. But if you if you look at the pictures of the um, the actual toys, for instance, uh, Damian Rourke, his uh, vehicle was the Rattler, and it had a lot of functionality like Gator. It was like a Jeep, and uh, there was a, a boat or something that came out of it, just, just like Gator, out the front. And then uh, there's some other ones. Uh, the Sonic Stinger was a red like sports car with wings that came out of the bottom, kind of like Manta. Uh, the Battle Tracker ATV was a lot like a bullet with the, uh, the wheels that folded out and became like a hovercraft. And then, of course, uh, let's see the Desert Striker. He was uh, the Dune Buggy, the uh, Firefly.
0: Well, I don't remember this at all. Mm-hmm. I um, I found it on uh, Google, and I don't remember any yeah. of this. But if it was Lazy. if it was issued in '96, then I mean, I was already where was I? I was out in uh, Illinois and. Cartoons weren't yeah. my life at that point, so. But I see the, I do see the, one uh, toy line. I do see the, the gator similarity. Yeah. I see the. Blazing fury, which looked more like that. Uh,
1: wildcat. Yep.
0: Yeah, the wildcat.
1: So That's yeah. truck. Yep. Ooh, and then there
0: was the desert tractor, doom buggy. That looks a lot like. Um, Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Like mm-hmm. okay, you could probably pull p- parts off of it if you
1: needed to, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, I haven't. That's seen, really cool. I haven't seen uh, much of any of Vortech, uh, even on eBay. Very scarce, and then YouTube, I believe, just has the intro to the show. So I've never watched any of the episodes, even though it was short-lived, and sounds like from the description too, it was left at a cliffhanger as they. Always seem to be after that first season, <laughs> and then they never get re upped and never find right. out what happened. But, uh,
0: you know, that's that's the the I guess the gamble, but that's probably the braining or the, the best way to do it is to leave leave a cliffhanger so that they have to have right. a way they to come back. Yeah, right.
1: But yeah, it's, uh, there's a couple other ones, um, namely, uh, A franchise called Adam, which was, uh, I think, another Kenner franchise, which was similar to Mask. And uh, uh, that one might have been released in Europe only. But there's been a couple of those that have, it seems like Kenner tried to not directly uh, have a sequel to Mask, but kind of tie into Mask's popularity and try to spin off something new that just never never really took off. Right. So uh it's it's interesting to me to see that uh they tried to do that and you know here Hasbro is finally, you know, we're getting the comic book and we're getting the cinematic universe many, many years later, but they really haven't, you know, tried to do much. Uh Kenner seemed to be doing more <laughs> to uh, To use that concept or brand than Hasbro has since they've had it, right?
0: Know. And that might be something that's, you know, Hasbro could have done one of two things. They may not have all the full hundred percent rights to everything, so they can't do what they would like to. But then again, it could be right. that Hasbro kind of did one of these. Well, we're gonna just dismantle or or dissolve everything but mask or bring back. Yeah. certain little things here and there to see if it's even worth bringing back if mass takes off maybe we can introduce something like Vortec. if it doesn't take off we're not out anything
1: No, it, yeah. could, it yeah. could be that
0: that concept as well
1: I do understand that so well let's uh, let's put Vortec to bed and maybe we'll go into a little bit deeper detail uh, one of these times on the on the website and dig into it and, uh, just see how many similarities there were. It's interesting to me, this whole vortex and the toy line. And I wish I could find some episodes just to see what it was like in comparison to our show as well. But we'll see. We'll save that for another day though. And, uh, what do you say we get our mask on? Get your mask uh, on. So, uh, I've got a little proposal to you, Wyatt, but, uh, before we get into that, I wanted to make sure everybody knows that the uh, second issue of the comic book series is out, and uh, we had hoped to record a, uh, a podcast uh, with our buddy Bill Ferris over at matttracker.com, actually on his show. And uh, that didn't work out here, but hopefully we'll get that out uh, for too long. The second issue was released on December the 28th, and the third one is slated now for February 15th. And also that new Mask Annual comic, that number one issue is uh, scheduled for the following week, February 22nd. And I'm uh, very interested in that. And I think we talked about that real quick, maybe on one of our Mask chats, about the uh, the origin, I think, of Cliff Dagger and also this new take on the original mask episode, the Deathstone. Right. So uh that should be a, a fun book. Uh coming out now in February. I thought we might get it towards the end of January, but I think they got pushed back a couple weeks for uh issue three and this mask annual. Uh so go pick that up and uh, we'll try to get our opinions on uh the second issue pretty soon, either on this show or hopefully over on Bill's show, uh, Behind the Mask, which he mainly posts on YouTube, so uh, be looking for that, and uh, my little proposal to you, Wyatt, is I've been doing some thinking about our episode reviews and and the way we're going. We're almost through season five. We've got essentially uh, 51 to 60, and then... 61 to 65 is kind of those last episodes of the mask series as we know it. And then you've got episodes 66 through 75, which are the racing series. So I guess my thoughts, I wanted to uh, throw over to you and see your opinion and even the listeners, if they want to give their take on this um, as they, you know, interact with us during the show. But obviously I want to do 51 to 60 next and then instead of doing those 5 episodes i was thinking about maybe waiting and leaving those 5 episodes for the very end of our series review and do the racing episodes next so if <laughs> so if we don't like the racing episodes you know we still have those 5 of the mask series as we know it you know that first season at the very end. So, what do you think about doing something like that, or would you rather go in sequential order?
0: Well, there's a part of me that does want to do the sequential order, just just because uh, I'm kind of that chronological type. But I think it would actually spice things up if we did flip it. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm actually game for your idea to to just go ahead and and, I guess, get into the racing series
1: yeah and then save uh, 61 to 65 for the very end right so okay it's getting exciting that we <laughs> we've got a uh, almost 25 well, 20 uh what is it 27 after this episode left to go through so you know who knows how long that's going to take us usually takes right. us a while uh we might get through the next season, you know, through episode 60 by the end of this year, I think that'd be a reasonable goal um, with all the chats and the, you know, comic reviews and stuff. But I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about the racing series and and how I'm going to interact with that. I've honestly, I don't remember watching an episode all the way through. I've seen a few here and there and parts just when I'm putting those, you know, tribute videos together and such, but I know they got a different vibe and, and different overall kind of plot. So uh, anyway, I, I wanted to make sure that uh, we ended on a high note in case those you know were down on that racing series. Um, I've got I've got hopes for it. You know, That's not all bad, but uh, I hear right. You know, I've heard people complain about it for years. Oh, the racing series! Uh, they killed mask.
0: Well. So. I think, like like you pointed out, I think we would be jaded and do too much comparing to the original series when we get into the mm-hmm. racing series. And I think the break will, will hopefully kind of at least give us a better uh, neutral idea mm-hmm. when we get into it. Because that's what I don't want to do is give it an unfair um, rating, as yeah. we do, as we put it, so yeah I, okay
1: i'm cool for it cool cool well let's uh, let's do that and uh if our uh listeners are kind of on board with that as well then uh season six will be fifty one to sixty, and then season seven of mass cast will be the uh, racing series sixty six to seventy five and then uh we'll have a shortened season our last season eight will be those five episodes, 61 to 65. So uh, that should be fun. That's a good, hopefully a good plan to uh, to put in place. And, and like I said, hopefully we can get through uh, this next whole season up through 60 by the end of 2017. So uh, what else do you got? Do you got anything else for get your mask on?
0: Uh, unfortunately, no. I know we've been kind of cross advertising but i'm gonna do it one more one last time and that's if you are any fan of anything uh, any memories rather come join us over at memory jogger it's our latest Mm -hmm. podcast we uh basically just go down memory lane that's the best way to put it we pick a topic and we just run it down to the ground to you know (laughs) we we go 50 different bunny trails um anyway so we thought we'd do it at least in a more formal setting, if you want to call it that. Um, So it's, it's, we're only up to episode five, but it's, it's really having an impact on me because I'm loving it to remember, you know, how we grew up or just this last episode was about our mixed VHS tapes. What do we have on it? What do we have the most of recorded on it and so forth. And that was kind of cool because, you know, we we kind of jogged our memories in that you know we're looking at it going oh oh wow i didn't realize i recorded that or this and, <laughs> right well, this is when i first saw that that tv show it was actually on a vhs that jason recorded or something to that effect so yeah just if you want just go ahead and uh follow us uh via itunes or whatever media outlet you use to 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 listen to podcasts
1: yeah just search uh rediscover the 80s and uh, that podcast is the memory jogger as part of that podcast. And I've got it pretty much you know, everywhere you can find. And if you need the feed, um, there's a little podcast tab. If you go to rediscover the com, that'll help you get to the feed. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. You know, it's more personal experience than like opinion stuff. Right. You know, we run down these episodes. We have an opinion or we have an opinion on you know the cartoons that we we talk about at the beginning and and such but these are our experiences our memories of uh, growing up in the 80s and you know up through high school and college and so forth in the 90s that uh we talk about on that show and uh, yeah it's been great it's been real fun so uh cheap plug join us over there when you get off of this show right and uh <laughs> you can uh, you can hear us on both shows in 2017. So yeah, it's been fun. We've got a uh, uh, another episode coming up. We're going to dive into our toy box, and uh, who knows where I'll go from there. So very fun show. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get on the uh, the task at hand here, and uh, let's head out to uh, uh, the Grand Canyon in, in Arizona.
0: Right. Let's start the mass cast. Not much further. The main entrance is just around the bend. So we pan onto a forest scene with a tour guide stating they will see it up around the bend. And we don't have any idea what it is. But anyway, we, as we see T-Bob and Scott enter in, they come upon a large, uh, I'll call it a hillside, when Scott attempts to rush T-Bob, who complains that his feet are hurting. Holy cow. It, does it have a Rotech hiding in it or something? Is it causing that type of pain? So, uh, but anyway, T-Bob questions what the big deal is since it's just an old cave. An old cave? Carlsbad Caverns is one of the biggest caves in the world. It's over 20 miles long. 20 miles? Are you kidding? If I went in there, I'd have to have rocks in my head. Hurry up. And as the guide in a business suit clad, Matt which is odd if you're going caving, walk past <laughs> in the background. Matt thanks the guide, who is happy to show his appreciation for new members of the park's board of directors. So add that to to Matt's resume. Right. Uh, inside, as the guide cautions the slippery conditions, Scott ponders, which is what? The lag mites on top or slag tights on the bottom? The guide suggests a way to remember them that is a stalactite might are on the bottom because they might touch the ceiling (laughs) and for the opposite stalactite if it doesn't hang real tight to the ceiling it could fall so T-Bob jokes might ceiling, tight floor and they get a little chuckle just then what's this? footprints they seem to that cavern That wasn't there before. Looks like someone blasted their way in here. They are spooked by a few bats with uh, fear mode engaged on (laughs) T-Bob, who attempts to run away. Scott mentors him that they probably spooked them, uh, spooked the bats rather. T-Bob had a feeling that they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And this (sighs) is where I put roll my eyes moment.
1: Yes, I I had one in mind too. (laughs)
0: And as the flashlight scans around, they notice living quarters with Matt suggesting that they aren't the first visitors. Scott picks up a real cowboy hat that ends up leaving a dust trail, making Scott sneeze. Hmm. And that's when we see Matt uh, noticing something. It's some kind of map. I'd like a copy of this. T-Bob, coming up! Here's some paper. You know me. I always like to make a point. Thank you. Uh,
1: Scott finds this uh, saddlebag with no dust on it and another map inside. Well, the guide recognizes it as a map of the caverns. And Matt deduces it must have been the uh, mystery visitors who brought it in and wonders what they were looking for. So we head back to the parking lot now and uh Thunderhawk Matt says he found some fingerprints on the saddlebag. Um I was trying to <laughs> figure out how he saw that maybe from the the dust that was in the cavern or something but anyway yeah, but I
0: was I was too much of a pessimist I'm going your fingerprints are on it so it's Scott so why you <laughs>
1: are seeing fingerprints Duh. Well uh he takes this uh, saddlebag and the Thunderhawk computer somehow scans it. I wasn't sure how, but it discovers two sets of fingerprints.
0: Data scan indicates two sets of prints. Sample number one dates from year 1878, belonging to legendary outlaw Jesse James. Oh, boy! Then this has got to belong to Jesse James. It's one of those 10-gallon hats. How do I look? You've got another five gallons to go. Fingerprint sample number two dates to this year, belonging to contemporary outlaw
1: Miles Mayhem. Mayhem. Wonder what no good he's up to this time. Now, this was another puzzling moment for me. I was like, hmm, Dissy James's fingerprints was on file? From, yeah, really. You know, the late 1800s?
0: <laughs> <And what laughs> I I li- even... Go ahead. What I liked about the, uh, when they were reading it out, it was con- Miles Mayhem was the contemporary outlaw. Right. I kind of thought that was a little, little of a chuckle there.
1: So, um, anyway, so uh, the computer indicates a possible motive being uh, Jesse James's robbery of $10 million in gold bullion that was uh, never recovered, and the mystery remains unsolved. Well, T Bob chimes in about the bullion being a lot of chicken soup. Rolling my eyes again. The computer says the James gang had a hideout in Carlsbad Caverns and reminds Matt of something on the wall map. There's something about that map we saw on the wall. That's it! Select the mask agents best suited
0: for this mission. This is where we get uh, Ace Riker with slingshot and his little I guess caption as as they're being called up is he leaves a guy alone as he's learning how to use a drill. Um, Dusty Hayes gets gator and he's in the middle of washing dishes and he leaves and the sink overflows and then we get brusato with rhino and he's building a robotic bowling lane and leaves it as it makes a strike and then automatically resets the pins Mm -hmm. and that takes us back to the action where we get basically a panning shot across the canyon where we see thunderhawk driving to meet up with the team as he drops the duo off and he even apologizes to them. Sorry, but it could be dangerous. And I don't want you getting hurt. What a drag. We'll miss out on everything. Right. We've already missed two game shows on TV. <laughs> Roll my eyes. <laughs> Mask drives off with the duo looking over a balcony with Scott saying, it's just not fair that his dad is going after the bad guys while he's stuck up there. Yeah, T-Bob asked if he wants to go to the room to watch Attack of the Canary. Uh, Scott then uses one of those... Um,
1: the killer canary.
0: Yeah, is that what it was? I, I just heard the canary. Yeah. But uh, but Scott uses one of them uh, binocular stations you see like on, right. uh, for, I don't know, Niagara Falls or whatever.
1: The large view masters.
0: That's pretty much what they are. <laughs> and he scouts out the terrain. And then he notices a burrow ride station. So now we cut to that, to the duo asking, Mr. Got room for us? Sure, Sonny. Just hop aboard. Us? You expect me to ride one of those things? Yuck! I think he likes you. The duo end up climbing onto their donkeys, with T-Bob getting on backwards, asking where's his head. Roll my eyes. Plenty (laughs) of those in this episode.
1: Yes, there were.
0: Uh, they are now they are on this burrow convoy with Scott asking, Where are they going? The guide replies to the bottom with T Bob concerned. Then the guide states they will go down the Colorado River. Scott is elated with T Bob feeling like he's an, as he puts it, an endangered species. Yes. Another roll my eyes moment. <sighs> yes. And then I don't know. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I. As we get on to the next scene here, it just seemed like that whole scene went on forever. I don't know. It, it seemed like Scott and T Bob had a lot of screen time in the first half and I'm I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but you know, I'm waiting for Venom to pop in, waiting for Venom to pop in to get their side of the story and it doesn't come until after the break. <laughs> you know. Uh,
0: I'm gonna leave my comments because um this is one of those that might be interesting at, towards the end for me, unless you okay. uh, somehow convince me otherwise. <laughs> but uh, yes, well, I guess we'll find yes, out. Yes, there was way too much screen time for the duo. I mean, I I like the duo. I I know Scott and more so T-Bob get bad raps, but yeah, they they had their turn. Let's go back to mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So now we're at the cavern.
1: Right, we finally get back to the cavern, and the mask team spots uh, a mine entrance. Matt says, According to the map, there's some kind of clue in there that'll lead us to the gold. If that varmint mayhem hasn't found it first. Yeah, whenever Miles Mayhem gets gold fever, he ends up giving us one big headache. I was like, oh, geez, he's going to get in on it too. Bruce, though, he suggests checking it out first with the team standing guard for mayhem. Uh, Matt agrees, but warns him they could be inside. So Bruce says he will, if they give him any tricks, he'll give them a treat. Uh, All these puns in this episode. Anyway, Bruce, uh, he kind of hops down the mountainside. Uh, He's got his lifter mask under one arm. I'm not sure why he didn't choose to wear it. Uh, But after entering, he doesn't see any clues so far or any signs of venom. He hears a noise and spots another map on one of the mine cars. After examining it shortly, he hears the noise again, and he puts on his mask. Who's there? Oh, a puma! Whoa! As it uh, lunges forward towards Bruce, he falls backwards into this mine car and begins rolling backward down the track with this uh, puma giving chase and as it gets near to him bruce finally kind of wakes up it, i guess it kind of knocked him out there when he fell backwards into this car and he quickly pulls his legs inside the car as it speeds up now he turns around to look forward and he sees a very long hill so he's now on a indiana jones like roller coaster mine car ride that's what i was and, thinking <laughs> says something I really couldn't understand. It sounded like, uh, "Man, am I ever hot?" Or I, I couldn't understand what he was saying. Anyway, we uh, we see this huge gap in the tracks ahead uh, across this bridge, and as Bruce rapidly approaches this gap, we fade to the dramatic commercial break. Oh. So let me uh let me get your impressions of the first half of the episode and where you stand as far as a rating.
0: Well, right now I'm at a solid three. I
1: mm-hmm.
0: the story is good because we get the Jesse James hiding the gold. The the kind of the, the, the catch of that with the Wells Fargo coach being robbed. They bury treasure, and we know that Miles Mayhem is interested. At least he's. Uh, it looks like it's. That's his, his right. plot for this episode. Uh, There's some good graphics, and they seem to spend a little bit more time with the duo in that burrow ride, and then they spent, yeah. to me, an excessive amount of time with Bruce's roller coaster ride. It just didn't seem quite right Um it just lengthy is probably the right word
1: mm-hmm.
0: i did like seeing that we now have a new agent and vehicle but i'm still at a loss why because this is mask why did bruce not use his mask again <laughs> this is one of those other ones where he it's just slapping your forehead come on yeah it Could have lifted the puma and you know knocked it out against the the wall of course of course Doug probably wouldn't have agreed with that um, <laughs> sorry doug just had to say it but um doug is doug, an
1: animal rights kind of guy yeah. he
0: is so just give him a case you know whatever <laughs> so anyway um, so anyway yeah so the coaster is you know it kind of looks fun and I'm sure they were going for the kid side of it they weren't going for the adults looking at it but still it just looked like he was gonna go on an excessive Track ride when he could have done, even if the Puma did leap at him, Lifter, get me out of here and just bubbled his way out the front door, back door, whatever route yeah. and be done. Instead, instead, we just, you know, get the roller coaster ride. T Bob, or his worrying and then his feet hurt. This one got to me. I can usually tolerate him for a while and he was already on my nerves. Yeah with, with this episode, maybe that was intentional, but, um, yeah, well, the, just
1: the jokes just add up. And then everything he almost says or does gets on your nerves.
0: Right. <laughs> you know? So basically it just boiled down to, especially the, with the excessive time to me, it just seemed like they were trying to make up time for something. Like they wrote this out lengthwise yeah. and then discovered they didn't have enough material. So they left it in there instead of cutting it to, to, yeah, whatever so that's mine what what do you think okay
1: yeah i'm i'm close to you uh you know just way too many puns and it was t-bob it was bruce it was ace you know there's just it spread like wildfire in this and you know like i mentioned before it was all mask in the first half of the episode which uh you know kind of set up the mystery pretty good but I think that's why we had all the bad jokes, is just because Scott and T Bob were practically around for the entire first half of the episode. The fingerprint match, that, again, we're looking through this as adults and not kids. Kids, we wouldn't care. But I, I had to go on and look it up, you know, Google it. And fingerprints came about as like identification just around the turn of the 20th century. So, the other thing that got me, though, was, you know, maybe the tour guide should have known the legend a little bit better since he's giving him the, the personal tour. Right. And then maybe he just identifies the items around as, oh, these these have to be from the James gang, you know. It could have been that easily identified without any, have to do his fingerprints, and you could just get the deuce, you know, that, oh, Mayhem touched this and just do his fingerprints. You, well, you didn't the- left him out of it.
0: Maybe the mask computer was feeling jaded and, you know, needed some more screen time since Kit was eating up all of it. I'm really just (laughs) joking here.
1: Uh, The agents arrived a little quick for me. I know they're in the States and, you know, maybe Boulder Hills nearby. Like, you know, we set it up close to Las Vegas, but I don't know. It seemed like he called them and – they must have left like Boulder Hill and, and been the same distances wherever Matt was at the cave. <laughs> Cause he yeah, pulled really. up to the, the motel and they're sitting there, you know? So I, I try not to let that bug me too much, but uh the drama at the break was okay, but I don't know. It just made Bruce appear clumsy that he fell back in this and Oh, what was me? And, you know, got your lifter mask on, like you said, why don't you use it? You know, and Matt warned him at the beginning when he went down to check it out himself, Venom could be inside, so why not put your mask on then? That kind of bugged me too. Why well, just carry it around? <laughs> oh, I hear a noise. Okay, let me put it on now. Uh, you're going into potentially danger, you know, as soon as you step in. So put on your stupid mask. I guess the thing that really kind of brought the rating down for me, and I pulled it down to a three and a half. I took a point and a half off. It's just I didn't have many notes on good things. You know, like you <laughs> said, I'm glad we got a new agent. And that was a pretty cool sequence when they rolled out. They had the that angle, which would be uh, one that they used in a ton of 80s television shows where they put the camera in the ground and the, the vehicles yeah. drive over it, you know. That right. was really cool. I like that you know they had a couple inventive shots in this episode but that was about it i just wasn't really excited got excited or had any wild moments so far so i pulled it down a point and a half i'm at 3.5 and uh you know we'll see where we go from here
0: so that means we're returning uh we see bruce finally using his lifter to bend the rails again i don't understand this but whatever but he bends the rails <laughs> Up to create a Dukes of Hazard ramp. Off, when he lands, he jokes that he was always good at making ends meet. And here's yeah. another markdown I gave it. This this awful reverb that they gave the mask voice is just awful
1: yeah i mean they it's just not consistent they've used it before but it does it makes them sound robotic almost
0: well not even me it's it's just annoying you know they had the little bit of a, an effect early on when the, we originally met you know this voice mm-hmm. and now it's just gotten to a point where it's he they're not in a cathedral gee whiz it's just a <laughs> mask mike that's all you have to worry about yeah take a you know take take out the bass a little bit and you got it
1: yeah, the kind of the telephone effect, yeah. you know, almost.
0: So anyway, he continues down the track and states that things could get worse. Then he notices a wooden wall where he says that it's time to quote T-Bob.
1: Whoa! Whoa!
0: Ride Bronco, Bruce! We then see him eject out of the side of the cavern and outside with Dusty cheering him on saying, let him ride Bronco Bruce. <laughs> he ends up crashing into some thick brush mm-hmm. with Matt, you know, I guess caring for his troop. You know, Are you okay? Bruce replies that he thinks so. And then he grabs a board stating it's the clue, which is the map that they've been looking for. Matt agrees. And instead of helping to you know, take him out of the brush or, you know, <laughs>
1: give me it let's go
0: (laughs) it's straight out matt agrees but asks about basically the episode what happened to him and bruce replies that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single fall with him removing his mask and simply walking out of frame
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, again that was could have been handled different i guess
1: Uh, i had to get one of those bruce sayings in there at least
0: oh yeah at least Dusty asks, what in is he blabbering about? Matt suggests that they study the map. And for kids, this probably was a fun journey. And this is my notes for the whole roller coaster episode. Like I said, the, for the kids, it, it was probably a fun journey for us to watch. and It was entertaining. But like I said before, as an adult, there was plenty of opportunities to use Lifter and avoid all of this. But
1: Yeah. I also like that... You know, Matt's usually his interpreter, right? And this time, you know, when when Dusty was like, you know, what's he talking about? Matt just says, "Oh, let's just take a look at the map," because apparently he didn't know what he what that dream meant, (laughs) other than you know, smashing through the wall and probably getting a a concussion,
0: (laughs) right? So we're back to our donkey train. T Bob is crying that he's going to fall. I'm gonna fall. I just know it. I'll wind up flat as a pie tin. Stop complaining, T Bob. And you can uncover your eyes now. We've reached the bottom. As they stop, T Bob is grateful as he is very sore and advises that they install elevators. And now he's sore.
1: <laughs> right.
0: The donkey voices his opinion as Scott translates that he's just as ready to get rid of T Bob. <laughs> we see several inflatable rafts with Scott telling T-Bob to pull himself together. Then T-Bob replies that he gets seasick with puddles.
1: Stepping in puddles. Yep.
0: Yeah. So this is where I went kind of went the Batman route and said, holy, annoying (laughs) (sighs) T-Bob. So now we have reached 12 minutes and 45 seconds and we get our venom coming into the
1: picture. Right, we finally hear that Venom theme, uh, that seemingly has been taken forever to get to, and we meet up with Mayhem and Rax and Dagger and Bruno Shepard in front of a row of several cave entrances. Bruno asked Mayhem,
0: "How much longer do we have to hang around this hole in the ground until I say
1: otherwise, Shepard? It's in one of those caves." That's just great. We could spend the next year searching them all. Mayhem kind of just ignores him. He looks at his watch, and he's waiting for 3 o'clock sharp. And he looks up at the sun, and as Bruno wonders why he's concerned about the time when they are trying to hunt for gold. Well, the sun finally casts a shadow off this large pointed rock, and it points to the correct cave entrance. This reminded me of... uh, the movie national treasure. If you've ever seen that with Nicolas cage, where they're going, they find this clues and stuff on the back of the declaration of independence. And right. they go to independence hall and have to be there at a certain time. And it points at this brick and they find these glasses. And I don't know. Reminded me of that. I doubt I'm sure masks stole that from somebody else, but <laughs> that's kind of one of those tropes where they, you know, you wait for the sun to cast a shadow and right there it is. Anyway, So uh, they find the entrance to the cave. Mayhem says, just like on the mine car, and that's where they'll find uh, Jesse James's gold. And they all run off to their vehicles and they enter the cave. And they come upon this large pile of rubble with Mayhem assessing that no one has been in this cave for decades. Dagger exits uh, Jackhammer. But I don't see no gold.
0: They wouldn't leave it out
1: in the open, stupid. Hey, he must be in a good mood. He usually calls me idiot. I found that kind of comical. It anyway, was. Looking at the rubble now, Mayhem thinks that uh, would be a good hiding place for the gold. And he tells Bruno to get in Scorpion and move those boulders. Well, Bruno hops in to the vehicle. He throws it in this reverse and does a 180. And he activates this claw arm. From the trunk, which is, I think, the first time we've seen this. Yes. He starts clearing away these rocks, just kind of swinging it back and forth. I find it, makes... it kind of
0: comical because it sounds like if you listen to it, at least for the sound effects, it looks like he is full on, like, ramming it yeah. into the, to the wall or this this um, rubble. It's not like a gently coming up to it with a backhoe. He just full on, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take this out.
1: <laughs> you would think with that claw, he'd be just like, I'll grab a boulder here and a boulder here. And no, he's just swinging it back and forth. And at one point the camera is above or the, the point of view is above and mayhem. And, you know, the other agents are just standing there. I'm like, you guys better move out of the way. Cause all this boulders and stuff is going to fall down the side of this rubble and flatten you. Right. But uh, anyway, so after he starts swinging this thing, it makes this uh dust cloud. And it causes Mayhem to start coughing. (laughs) Where's the gold? I don't see any. Oh! Wow! Then he sees some of the loot uncovered and he's amazed. Wow, I think he says, you know. Yes. Yes. So we uh, head back to Mask in their vehicles. Bruce says they need to make better time because it's past three o'clock. So you know, we take that as they've deciphered the mine car clue like uh, Venom has. Uh, Slingshot is in the lead, and Matt asks Ace how much farther. Just over that rise, I used to take the shortcut when I was a kid. Did some of my best rock collecting around here? Oh no! so that gave us a little insight that he you know essentially knows the area right um as they travel a little bit further he sees a large boulder in their path joking he must have missed that one as a kid matt says no problem and he's going to shed a little light on the subject quote unquote and he pulls uh, thunderhawk ahead and uh, opens the doors and the door lasers shoot to uh, like pulverize this boulder so they can Kind of continue through it. And then uh, once they get through that, they come upon the same kind of series of cave entrances that Venom was at.
0: So the team arrives, but we see that the shadow has moved away. So Matt suggests that his mask can give him some sound advice.
1: Spectrum on. I've got the reading. It's that one.
0: We looked through his visor as he scans the caves and comes to the correct cave, but there's no, there's no heat signature. There's no yeah, yeah. icon. There's no nothing that identifies which one's
1: the right cave. There was no explanation, right? I mean, if you're going to track some, you know, gasoline fumes or I don't know anything like that, heat signatures, like you said, let us know how you're, you're able to find it out. It's not just, you know, let me put on the mask and the mask will tell me. That's it. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: So anyway, so the Dean jumps into their vehicles and roll out. On the river, we see the rafting fun with T-Bob clutching Scott and screaming along the rapids. He ends up screaming and asks if the river can stop so they can get off. (laughs) We cut to the the lead, pulling in the raft and saying that the ride is over. Scott looks at T-Bob and asks if he's all right after water is gushing out of his vest and his knees, Scott enthusiastically says that he'll never forget that ride as long as he lives. T-Bob jokes that at this rate, it'll be 15 minutes. (laughs) Now, that was actually decent.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: As they walk up the hill, they come across old Indian drawings on a wall. And they're leading into that cave. Come on, T-Bob, let's check it out. Uh-uh! There's no way you're getting me into another cave! I'm putting my foot down. Of course we could take another trip on the river. The river?
1: Hey! Follow him! Lead the way. <laughs> that was actually good too. Yeah. I mean they're when they do the humor without all the puns, they can come up with some decent stuff. Right. And- it's not it's not hilarious by any means, but
0: And sadly, I had a three-stooge moment. I'm thinking of uh, how Mo always did it. I'll lead the way. Go right ahead. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) So uh, anyway, so we're back in the cave with Venom. Mayhem instructs to keep moving, and here walks in our duo. Scott asks if T-Bob hears something, with T-Bob replying, not really. Which, to me, I actually read into this. I'm thinking he's like, "Uh uh-uh, I didn't hear nothing. Nope, 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 nope. Right, yeah. Come on! We've got to stop them! I'm more concerned about stopping you! Bruno continues to hand excavate and grab the gold with the duo tiptoeing down, grabbing a few old mining tools and a barrel, which kind of perplexed me when I saw that happening. Dagger nearly hits Rax, and Rax complains about it. Dagger responds, saying he better watch himself. And as Rax and Dagger begin to argue, we see T-Bob pop out from behind Jackhammer. T-Bob whispers that he hopes the gunpowder still has some bang left in it, as he pours it into Jackhammer's tank. Rax sees them and shouts, Spies! Hurry! Get them! I'll take care of them. Bruno jumps in Scorpion, but it rapidly becomes disabled as Scott has wedged all of these hand tools that he was carrying into the front-left wheel wheel. Mm well. However, Bruno attempts to grab them with the scorpion trunk claw. We now hear engines with Mayhem saying that someone's coming. Mask enters the scene with Matt saying, let's put a stop to Mayhem's gold rush. Tiger says, leave everything to me. He races Jackhammer around, then we hear an explosion, but it ends up really just smoking up the engine. It really didn't, like... Big yeah. huge fireball, nothing. Anyway, but he crashes into well, you guessed it, poor old Rax and Piranha. I can't see. You fools, what do you think you're doing? Matt seems confused by the scene, but Switchblade blasts at mask, with Rhino retaliating with the stack lasers. One blast and mayhem wants to retreat again. Mm-hmm. Switchblade shoots a hole in the side of the cavern and the Venom agents make their way to grab hold of the skids. Ace engages Boomerang, which shoots this whirling laser that ends up just cutting the bag of the gold. Sends the gold plummeting to the ground. And then we see Gator race after Switchblade with Miles shouting, they won't catch us now as he basically uses Switchblade's lasers to drill his way through the wall then we are taken outside.
1: Yeah, I well before I <laughs> before I go any further. Um it, I was like, okay, so Mayhem doesn't have a problem actually hitting the target when it comes to making this new exit which uh I didn't really think he needed in the first place. He could just kind of fly over mask, but right. Um he, he can really blast his way around when he needs it, but when it comes to trying to shoot one of the mask vehicles, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. So, no. And then uh, I thought it was cool. One thing that I, I did like, you know, they usually, when their vehicles are disabled and mayhem's anyone there, they grab onto the landing skids. And this time it looked like they were actually climbing up inside Switchblade. Did you catch that at all? If
0: that's what happened, it makes sense because from here on out, I didn't see them anywhere.
1: Right, and I don't so I that's I, what I I, I, took I didn't away. see
0: them climb into switchblade.
1: I they were to me they like kind of were climbing up and disappeared and it looked like they were climbing into the bottom there's like a compartment there or something. I'm not sure exactly where they were going to hang out inside switchblade because <laughs> it's basically a one person cockpit. But um I don't know. I thought I like that a lot better than just it seems ridiculous them hanging off the side of a <laughs> helicopter skid, you know, flying away. But uh right. anyway, we'll get back to the episode now. So um after you know Switchblade blasts his way to the other side of this uh new tunnel, Gator gives chase, Dusty fires a few shots of the roof cannon at uh, switchblade as it converts to jet mode. Oh, no. Dusty realizes he hasn't been paying attention to where he's driving, and he sails Gator off the side of the steep cliff towards the river. He converts Gator in mid-air, which I thought was kind of cool, actually. Mm-hmm. The boat it kind of splashes down safely on top of the water with the whole chassis of Gator just sinking to the bottom. Uh, Dusty kind of gets caught up in the rapids. apparently he forgot that his uh he's got a power boat there's actually an engine on the thing right and he eventually hits this huge rock in the middle of the rapids and it ejects him right into the water and he and the Gator boat go sailing over this waterfall. Well, I apparently uh Thunderhawk gave chase because we see uh the Thunderhawk converting and Bruce from the passenger seat using lifter to save Dusty.
0: Lifter on. Oh.
1: That was a quick deal. And it seemed Dusty was kind of pissed about it. Yeah, he just uh <laughs> He's floating up in the air, and he folds his arms, and I think he says something like, uh, that was a quick dip or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: he says it was just a quick dip.
1: Anyway, uh, this scene kind of fades into the, uh, the regrouping scene at the very end, and Scott and T-Bob are on hand with the rest of the team, with Scott saying, it's too bad Venom got away, but at least... Mask saved Jesse James's lost gold.
0: Maybe next time Jesse will be more careful where he puts it.
1: As we get a nice panning shot upwards over the canyons with them standing around and we fade out. at the end of the episode. I was surprised... Before we get into the PSA, I was surprised that uh, here Scott and T. Bob are and Matt's not scolding them. You know, <laughs> usually they regroup and what the hell are you guys doing here? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of a moment. Well, we didn't that,
0: get that. And it, you know, for me, I I kind of took it as he was the that Scott was kind of acting like the coach, you know, because <laughs> they're all huddled up and he's the one making all the
1: well, he the yeah. Comments. He disabled three of the vehicles, he and T-Bob. Anyway, so we get to the PSA.
0: Right, and this is where we find Scott in his room reading to T-Bob about Jesse James, so at least it ties in this time Mm -hmm. when Matt walks in. I thought I heard you reading, but why don't you have a light on? Oh, I was just relaxing. Didn't want to go to the trouble, I guess. Reading without proper lighting is bad for your eyes, Scott. Scott replies, thanks for showing me the light, and he (laughs) clicks on his desktop light. And that leads us to uh the conclusion of our episode
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what is your rating?
1: Well, I was kind of disappointed um i i I left feeling it could have been better, just based on what we've seen so far to this episode. I pulled it down another point and a half, landed on a two. the good part you know. Even though it was clumsy for Dusty to drive off a cliff, <laughs> I kind of liked that Gator transformation, you know, yeah. in midair. Yeah. That was a little inventive there. They were thinking thinking ahead. But I also kind of liked the switchblade conversion from behind as Gator was shooting at him, you know. They kind of swung back and forth and converted and shot it into the sky. That was pretty cool. And I, I kind of did like that Scott and T-Bob were – essentially helpful, you know, sabotaging the vehicles after just, you know, following them around on their uh, sightseeing trip for most of the episode finally came back into play. But that was... I I did like the the ending shot, too. I actually did a panorama of that. And um, there were some really cool point-of-view shots from up in the caverns and stuff, looking down on the teams and that kind of a thing. So they were creative with uh, them being around that, you know, mountainous area and, and such the canyons and all of that. So I'll give a thumbs up to the animation team on this one. I didn't see any mistakes or anything like that, but I just wasn't into the episode. You know, I didn't like that lifter trick after the break, like we talked about a little bit there. You know, I always thought, think of lifter as lifting objects and not taking something and bending it. Right. And I didn't remember him ever doing that before. I would have liked to him just, you know, let me look down and I'll lift my own self (laughs) or the the cart, you know, across or something.
0: Or maybe he's immune to lifting himself. Maybe that's the whole problem. We just don't know it.
1: Well, I I (laughs) guess that could be. All right, the thing that bugged the crap out of me with this episode, they spent all this time collecting the gold and Mayhem was amazed. Ooh, and ah. So $10 million in gold was a sack full right. that Dagger could carry around. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, they something like that, they should have been shoving in the back of Jackhammer and, like, weighted it down, you know, it was so heavy. $10 million in gold. And it's like he's Santa Claus going (laughs) up there. That's it. Uh, I was like, that's just ridiculous. And (sighs) Dusty, you know, they did mention uh, when they did the call up about, you know, why they're there. And Dusty was there because of his Western knowledge or something. And there's just no need for him there. I mean, it just seemed like uh, he was a liability. Pretty <laughs> the much whole episode, he's driving stuff off the cliff. He's ruining his vehicles. They have to save him. You know, I, I they could have just had Ace in this episode and in uh, in Bruce, and that would have been fine. But I don't know. It just made him look like an idiot. And yeah, he's kind of hick country. Backwoods, redneck, whatever you want to call it, right? But you know, he's not exactly stupid. He's a little careless, and he's he's a stunt driver, so you got to be a little crazy to <laughs> to do some stuff like that. But right. I don't know. A um, couple other things I mentioned, you know, no scolding for Matt after Venom got away on uh, Scott and T Bob, and then. The humor was a little bit better in the second half, but there were still way, way, way too many roll my eyes moments. Um we we mentioned about Spectrum, not you know, no explanation on that. The timeline of mask okay, so when Venom initially enters the cave, they it's like the next scene and they're at that, you know, rubble digging for gold. And then the next scene we get mask like pulling up and they enter and then we get this whole sidebar with Scott and T-Bob and them entering the cave. Um, And and then mask shows up. I'm like, how long did it take mask to show up to that venom was like right there. And it seemed like (laughs) mask got lost in the cave for a while there or something. I don't know that I, that just kind of bugged me. It wasn't a, wasn't too much of a big deal, but um. I, and then I guess the, the the last disappointment, and I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> when we typically get introduced to a new agent, we we get to learn a little bit more about them. Yeah, okay, so he works at a hardware store. We found that out. We got to see him use his mask. That was pretty cool to see exactly what it does. It, obviously, a boomerang mask shoots a boomerang. But, you know, we didn't get any slingshot. Any conversion, any no. anything with that? So I was kind of disappointed that Ace's debut wasn't a little more uh, utilized than just you know him being around that area as a kid. It seemed like you know we typically get some more you know vehicles and mask use when the when the The agents are introduced, so I was kind of bummed about that. I wanted to see Slingshot in action, but hopefully we'll get to see it in another episode. Anyway, I landed on two. I'll quit talking, and you can (laughs) uh, lay out your stuff. I know I had a lot to say.
0: Well, you pretty much took everything I was going to say, but I landed (laughs) at a two. Um, I teetered on making it lower, but I stopped at two for now. Um, (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, I was a little teetering. What was getting me was, uh, and it really wasn't t bob but he was getting annoying. It was the fact that there were so many disconnects. Like you were saying, there was the whole, why did they not use Ace's vehicle? I mean, they brought it along, so why not use it? Dusty, what was the point of him being there? Uh, In fact, even his whole episode was just, as nice and cool as it was, it wasn't necessary whatsoever. Yeah. And then when he was even during his whole episode, why did he not call for help when he got, you know, bumped off the
1: Right, uh, right.
0: There was no call, no nothing. It's like, Hey, uh guys, I'm a little, you know, don't I think I'm getting water gonna have to go swimming or something. <laughs> nothing. you just like, I hope yeah. they find me. I'm not gonna say anything. Anyway, uh, I didn't like it. And even when he's rescued with Lifter, he's, to me, he's kind of casually just sitting. It's not yeah. like, you know, he's being picked up and it's like discombobulated or anything. He just, la 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 la. I'll la, just wait till I land. La, la, la. <laughs>
1: About time you guys got here. Pretty yeah.
0: much. <laughs> um, Scott and T Bob were very useful when, like you said, disabling the vehicles, but getting them to be useful. Took a lot of heartache with the whole donkey episode, the rafting episode, and well t whining. whining. Well said. It was just crap. Um, <laughs> the time spent watching Venom, and there was a lot of these ep- these little things, where, like the donkey ride, then watching Venom climb onto the skids. To me, it was just like, really? We're going to sit here and watch while we wait for Mass to go now it's time to go it just seemed like it was too long um and you mentioned the 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 sack of gold which was you know i I know it's for kids so they're not you know we don't as kids we don't see the reference but now as an adult we're like man you you would have needed like five (laughs) you know switch blades to haul that load yeah uh, that at least the way they emphasize it right um the spectrum use we already hit on that Overall, I uh, maybe you you would liken this to me, but for me, this was my Panda Power episode. I just <laughs> not it. it I, I took me a lot to not make it lower. Yeah. I don't think it's worthless of an episode, but it wasn't. It was. Yeah, I mean the shining stars of of the episodes either.
1: Right, and like I said before, there's usually a few things that they throw in some of these bad episodes or ones that aren't as engaging that I pull out. Then I'm like, Oh, okay. That was cool. The way they did that. And, and this and that. And, you know, like I said, there was a few cool scenes in there and yeah, we got a new agent, but what else was there? You know, that was, that was great. Nothing. So it was just, all those jokes and everything just kind of waited it, waited it, waited it. And then you throw in these kind of stupid things like with Dusty and it's like, it's definitely not a good episode. Just how bad are you going to put it? You know, that kind of a thing. That was my whole mentality of it. But I guess, uh, let's go on to see what some other people said How about that.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. I know we have quite a few, um, on our blog. We have our buddy, Anna,
1: yeah. Well let's uh let's let's do the poll first. There was uh okay. seven uh seven votes there.
0: Actually there should should be eight. I didn't vote till now. So
1: okay. So uh we've got uh eight votes. Somebody actually rated this a five. And then we had three threes and four twos. So most of the people thought it was either okay or bad. And uh, like you said, we've got several comments here on the blog. There's actually a couple over on Facebook, too, that I'll mention right. uh, One, as we go along.
0: One's a kind of a repeat. Uh, if you look, uh, Jade Von Were, Mm-hmm. he also made uh, comments on she. our – our She, sorry. I think uh, she, yeah. Uh, made it basically kind of a, a parallel – comment oh, on I Facebook see. as well. A couple differences okay. but not much. But uh, let's go ahead and start with Anna. She writes, mm-hmm. uh, "This is an okay episode but it's not among the best. Mask has many episodes about Venom trying to find lost treasures. Probably a little too many in my opinion. Some of them are very good like The Lost Riches of Rio, but this episode wasn't really that interesting. The best scene was Bruce's ride on the mine cart." which was very entertaining. I also liked it when the mass computer compared miles mayhem to Jesse James by naming him a contemporary outlaw. Still, I don't think this episode contained anything interesting or special to make it stand out from the other treasure hunting episodes. Very right. right.
1: Yes. Uh, And then we got John Tregonis. I've been interacting with John. Some over on Twitter too. Appreciate his feedback. He says, Uh, I gave this one a two. It's not that there were necessarily too many flaws, but that there was one severe one. We are introduced to a new mask vehicle, Slingshot, and we never see it transform. It's a van from the first minute we see it to the last. With Scorpion, we got to see its tail being used in this episode, so that was something. And we did get to see Ace Riker's Boomerang mask do its thing, even if but briefly. But not showing slingshot in battle mode, that's not cool. And for that, mainly, it gets a two for me. Aside from that, there are the minor flaws that as a kid you just don't pay mind to, but as an adult, and as you fellows have demonstrated time and again, there are things that just don't make sense or aren't fleshed out. My favorite here is when Matt says, there's something about the map we saw on the wall, then exclaims, that's it. And proceeds to select the mass agents best suited for the mission. What mission? <laughs> I laughed out loud at that one. Yeah, he didn't really explain what he saw or anything right there. No. On a positive note, there was some great transformations in this episode, namely Gator's transformation in Freefall and especially Switchblade as Mayhem makes his escape. The animation was on point. So I pretty much agree with John. Yes. And then uh, we'll turn this one over to Mac Mal, a.k.a. Jade uh, Von Weir.
0: Right. This is one of my favorite Mask episodes. I think one of three I remembered watching as a kid, then as a, as a grown-up, on site. The other two, Cold Fever and Dragonfire. The main scene I remembered featured Bruce, happened with Cold Fever 2, but more obvious reasons that cart ride through the caverns had me on the edge of my seat from start to finish. While some of the physics of it probably wouldn't wash in real life, it was fun to hear his comments and see them face a challenge that wasn't Venom's fault. My two beefs, if minor due to the necessity of the seeing cart. I think they tried to imply Bruce was going to end up falling into the bottomless pit, a real cavern feature but there are no tracks anywhere near that vicinity, just a ladder that was built to try and reach the bottom. It's also on public display with plenty of places he could have used Lifter to move something, say railing, to grab for safety. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand Bruce's comment between making ends meet and quoting T-Bob due to the slightly loud incidental music. Another funny moment is at the end of it. You have Matt panicked for Bruce, and Dusty is essentially cheering Bruce on riding the cart. Both are quite true to character. Matt's reaction to Bruce's platitude in that instance was fitting. You could tell he understood but wasn't going to translate it. Hmm. The Waterfall Rescue is another one of those scene-doesn't-match-physics reality, but it was fun. I do wonder, though, if they were going to make it where Dusty didn't like flying of any kind, because while vocally he's relieved Bruce saved the day, he got his arms crossed like, great, here I go flying again. (laughs) Hayes' introduction on the masked team here was well done, but it's sadly the only one of two episodes I actually like him in, other Everglades oddity. It wasn't his sounding like John Wayne either. But he suffered the same curse as Jacques, Julio, and Calhoun, put into the scenes far too late to really get to know them or use them properly. This one and the other mentioned he fit the plots well. But then later on, we see him in the racing series whining to our rabbit of all things about some (laughs) of the things he's dealing with. Okay. I do like the way he was drawn in both, however, never was fond of the toy. Where he had gray hair. Granted, Alex is older than the others, but the toy, if drawn for TV, would probably make Ace look even older, more like Hannibal Smith on the A team. Okay. Oh, great. Well, uh, that's a you know that those are great comments. You know, uh, and like we said, we you know we're no experts, and and we we may score, it, you know, rotten where some some like this episode, and we we appreciate that that it, yeah. the difference.
1: Yeah, and, and to go back to the the second point there about uh Bruce's comment making ends meet, that is a uh a saying, and I took right. that as to meeting, you know, making the tracks meet together in a way, and then you know, T Bob is all the time screaming and whoa, you know, that kind right. of thing. So that's where the, the I think the quoting T Bob uh comes into place. Come yeah, that's that's why they threw that in there. Uh, as he's he, as he's you know doing that loud whoa as he's <laughs> going through that wooden you know, dead end there in the tunnel. Right. So uh, yeah, that was a very some very good thought put into that comment, and uh, we do appreciate that. Um, and that that was the one that I saw over on Facebook as well. There was another one from uh, Lucas Gwynn who said, after the team was assembled, they should have had the mask energizing montage before Matt met up with Bruce, Dusty and Ace. Right. I would agree. And, you know, I said back to him that uh, it happens less and less as the series goes on, Wish it could have been more standard. And then he replied back, not only did they stop the mask energizing montage, but they also stopped using the theme. From when Matt Tracker assembled the mask team a lot less as well. And yeah, they there's, there's two themes that they do during those call-ups and the, you know, the original one is that is basically the mask theme song that we hear in the intro, that beginning, right. The very, very beginning uh, when we see Boulder Hill and the, that green grid. Uh, and then there's this other upbeat kind of, almost sounds like a ringtone to a phone if you listen to it, like real MIDI, uh, like Nokia ringtone (laughs) to it uh, when I hear that. Um, And they use that off and on, I guess, more uh, later on in the series here. But, yeah, it's just a shame that they didn't have uh, some standard stuff, like we've said time and again, like Voltron and... You know, every time we got Mumrah in Thundercats, it was ancient spirits of evil, you know? Right. You you know, we got that whole transformation sequence every time. And I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's disappointing, especially when you see, especially in this episode, all this excessive, drawn out things like the donkey train and so forth. They could have easily squeezed the whole call up and, and the. Uh, platform to it, everything could have been fit fit in better, and it's just like, uh yes. oh, we're just gonna go on vacation and make this as painful as possible.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. well. Hopefully, um, we've got a couple episodes left in uh, season five of Mass Cast forty nine and number fifty. Hopefully, we'll end uh, on a better note than this. I hope so. Because, uh, yeah, it was very. To me, it was very disappointing. But anyway, we're going to go head on to number 49 in our next show called Follow the Rainbow. Venom goes to Ireland to find the lost treasure of High King Brian Boru at the end of the rainbow. So uh, we're going to go international again as we have uh, quite a bit of time during this season and uh, be over to Ireland and see... See if this is gonna be a magical one, or if this is just kind of uh, one of those, you know, lost treasure mysteries again, which uh, I, I would kind of lean towards on this one. But um, I guess we'll find out, though. Right. So, anyways, well, we appreciate everybody listening. And uh, again, if you want to uh, check out our other podcast, feel free to do that called Memory Jogger on the uh, Rediscover the 80s podcast. And uh, like I said earlier too, we're hoping to get an episode together to talk some more about the comics with uh, Bill Ferris. So uh, be on the lookout for that and we'll tease that as we get closer to that. But uh, that's going to do it for this show. Right. And once again,
0: this has been a great episode, at least in discussing it, maybe not in the ratings, but in discussing it. And we always encourage your feedback your thoughts on the episodes and you know mask in general anything mask please you know that's what we're here for agents of mask please uh, share your thoughts and memories with us there Uh, otherwise i want to thank all of our fans and listeners for joining us and on behalf of jason i am wyatt and thanks for listening to Maskcast.